Welcome to Comtrack. <laughs> Welcome to our very special Halloween episode. I've been super stoked to talk to you guys about this one. Uh, joining me back is, of course, my at my ever wonderful co-host Sean. Happy to be here. And uh, we also have my good friend Dan, who uh, Daniel Gill. Say hi, Dan. Welcome, foolish mortals. <laughs> Wonderful entrance, sir. And Thank yeah, you, you were the one who uh, 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 pointed out this wonderful little gem that we're going to be talking tonight. Ghostwatch, oh, yeah. you guys. So, uh, you, you know what? You, you know, since you kind of really are familiar with the history and whatnot, mm -hmm. why don't you take it away, Dan, and explain to what all us weirdo, stupid Americans. <laughs> uh, are missing out on oh and uh, of course folks if uh if you guys just want to start the movie especially you british people out there who are watching listening um if you guys just want to skip right to the movie there's a uh a, 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 a tab button where the movie starts below in the description but that said dan take it away what tell us all about ghost watch i'm not gonna tell you anything about ghost watch oh we got the movie for that that's that's very true I don't um, want to spoil anything. I will talk through and I'll explain certain things that are coming up. I discovered this movie around 2004, 2005 when I was living in Florida. I'd heard about it and I'm like, this is interesting. So a buddy of mine at work uh, loaned me a copy on DVD. It was a bootleg copy. And I watched it and I'm like, okay, what's this? And by the end, I'm like, oh my God, that was genuinely terrifying. Mm -hmm. And after that, I did a lot more research and the show, it was actually banned for a number of years. It's yep. only recently it started been showing up again. Uh, but it was one of the first of the, uh, well, it, I, it's been called a found footage movie, but it's not, it's more of a, of a mockumentary. I mean, it, it, it's basically a story about a, a haunted house being investigated by television reporters. Um, but the way it was done was so unique for the time period. I've never seen anything exactly like it since. Yeah. Uh, well, the first, the first thing that ran through my head was, you know, obviously Orson Welles's War of the World broadcast. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I actually grew up obsessed with the, the, the that bro particular broadcast. Like my mom had gave me the ta the like the tape and everything that I listened to all the time. And I even have this old uh, uh, old radio it was made in the 70s. So it has like a little cassette thing, but it looks like it was from the 30s. And for those of you who are like actually listening to this on YouTube, there's a picture of it, which so. Um, if you're listening to this on like Spotify or wherever, you can always just like pull this up on YouTube and take a look. But mm -hmm. anyway, uh, yeah, I was obsessed with the War of the Worlds broadcasts and whatnot. Uh, and when you pitched me this, I'm like, oh yeah, it's basically the same thing, but with television in the Brit in the BBC in 1992. I'm like, far out. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then I know you haven't heard of this so really until very recently until I pitched to do this for the show, Sean. Yeah. Um, this was, uh, my first introduction to it, you know, just watched it, you know, basically a week ago. Um, and I, I, I thought it was brilliant, but at the same time, I also have, uh, I'm not going to lie a level of hatred for it because of, <laughs> what I feel this is responsible for the genre it spawned, which was completely unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, for this us... is great. Later iterations of people imitating and taking the idea and running with it in terrible directions is horrifying. Yeah, oh my God. Right. 
Like, almost all film students, like, hate Blair Witch Project. 90% because it's so cheap and they made so much money. And Mm -hmm. the other 10% because they're like, fuck, why didn't I do that first? (laughs) There is a rumor that the uh, creators of Blair Witch actually saw a bootleg copy of this and were inspired. Yeah. Yeah, Blair Blair Witch is one of two films I regret seeing in theaters. uh, I I I didn't see it. I never saw the theaters. I actually saw it when my roommate bought it and he's like, Oh my God, this movie's so scary. Well, the problem is he bought it and then watched it the first time with me with a commentary on. Oh, Oh God. And it's just these two doofs talking about their movie. And I'm like, this isn't scary at all. No, so it's not. I never really got into the, I never got the full effect. You know, he was said it was terrifying. There, there know? is no full effect because there, th- that's the problem with the movie. There's no payoff. <laughs> it's someone standing in a corner. There's oh, no exactly. payoff. Exactly. Like we get all this suspense and we only get like a glimpse of a dude just standing there. I'm like, at least Ghostwatch, we had pipes appear throughout in very subtle ways. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. we'll we'll try to point those out to you guys. Oh, absolutely. Because allegedly there are 13 appearances of pipes. Although personally, I think the, uh, the, the, the editors and the creators are kind of punking us to kind of keep (laughs) looking like there's, there's only like, officially they've only found eight, eight maybe nine. They're like I think there's like one that's really questionable. Why um, am I having flashbacks I... to Tyler Durden? Where do you think David Fincher got the idea? <laughs> but yeah, apparently the I think they're really just punking us so we keep looking uh, to yeah. you know keep inquisitive, which actually is kind of a brilliant idea. You know, and especially keeping with the number 13, like, oh, it's scary, you know, <laughs> but uh, I think that's that's always really fun. So, uh, yeah, man. And uh, and the other weird thing that always struck me is like I actually like tried to show this to a few friends of mine one Halloween. And I'm like, this is one of the scariest movies ever made. Scared an entire nation. Oh, my God. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, and they were like bored about, you know, 20 minutes in, which I don't blame them because, you know, it's it starts all... really slow. Oh, it's... yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's not until like, you know, the last 20, you know, 15 minutes uh, where things all like, get really loose. fucking scary. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's like, you know, guys, this is like a real slow burn. It's dedicated to the authenticity um, you know, cause it, it, like a lot of the times they're just like joking, you know, the, the skepticism is very heavy in the air um, and you, for it. Yeah. And you really have to look at it within the time period. I mean, by today's standards, like, yes, it's fairly tame, but like 92 and their, their dedication and the way they put this out, like, yeah, you, you have and, to respect it. And it was, total, it was total pioneering. Yeah. All um, right, guys. Yeah. So I think, uh, we should probably cue it up. So, uh. I know that you, it, this is going to be really great because I literally did this episode unabashedly to get more British uh, followers because yeah. <laughs> I know that they've got it out there. But here in America, it's really hard to get. Cause even I had a hard time copy, finding a copy uh, with with you, Dan. But I will just say for anyone who's listening and who wants to find a copy, um, the Internet is a magical place. Go on with, I will, I'll send you the link. It's on archive.org. It's not hard to find. Really? Yeah. All right. That's actually oh. how, that's actually how I'm doing it. Cause like I said, my copy's on a hard, my, mine's on a hard drive. It's not showing up currently. All right. Well, either way, uh, if it gets taken down for one reason or another, uh, the internet is a very magical 
place, you guys. All right. <laughs> so that said, once you got your copy, if you have a copy, whatever, we've got it queued up. You Hopefully you guys got it queued up because we are getting this bad boy started in three, two, one, click. Michael Parkinson in. Yes. Now, okay, so... You actually, we actually tried to get Stephen Volk, the uh, the the writer of this, uh, on yeah. here for the episode, like, because Dan, you actually mentioned you actually kind of know sort of the guy. Yeah, we're uh, friends on Facebook and Twitter. We've talked a couple times, and he's a very nice gentleman. I actually, yeah. you know, took a long shot to ask if he wanted to be involved in the commentary, and yep. he was very gracious and said, uh, "Unfortunately, I'm already com- uh, contracted to do a commentary, but I do appreciate the offer." Yeah, which. Uh, Steven, if you're listening, uh, we, we really want to, uh, just express your grace and, uh, you know, just our enthusiasm, us as fans, because this yeah. is just a wonderful, wonderful piece. And well, hopefully, I, mean, just, I love, yeah. Well, it's just, um, I, I really love, uh, um, Stephen Volk, but no, also forget the really great work that Leslie Manning of the, 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 the yes. director did. Yes. Yes, I mean they have done some amazing stuff. They've also done uh, some other uh, shows for the uh, for the BBC, uh, like Ghosts and Story of Tracy Beaker. But the way that Leslie all mixes this up and makes it work together, cuts all the shows together. But what made this movie so unique at the time was how Stephen Volk got people to play themselves. Now, yes. to our, our U.S. viewers, they may not understand this, but Michael Parkinson was an extremely well-respected interviewer. Yes. And newsman. As well as Sarah Green. Well, Sarah Green was also a children's, was a children's host. She, yes. played, she did Blue Peter for a number of years. Mike yes. Smith, who who's her, was, was her real-life husband, uh, was a, a presenter on Top of the Pops for many years, and Craig Charles is obviously known from Red, from Red Dwarf. But the thing is, is that imagine if Tom Brokaw, Betty Aberlin from Miskin Rogers Neighborhood, and like Adam Sandler, early oh, Adam geez. Sandler, just got together and made a horror film. And they all played themselves, and they all played it straight like it was a documentary. That would totally mess with your mind. That's one reason why um, there was that national panic of BBC when the BBC aired this. Because everyone, you know, it was sort of like the, the War of the Worlds. They had the disclaimer in the front, yep. but they didn't have the disclaimer all the way through. So if people didn't really know what was going on. They're like, what, Michael Parkinson's in this? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, they, they, they just tuned in halfway through and be like, yeah. oh, what's and I just, this? I, just as a quick aside, I found out it was kind of interesting. Betty Aberlin, who played Lab, Lady Aberlin in uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, yeah. was the original choice of, for George Romero to play uh, the female lead in Night of the Living Dead. Ah, and Mr. Rogers, Mr. Rogers actually put a kibosh on that. <laughs> he he very much supported. Why. Well, he very much supported George Romero because George Romero actually worked on the on the show in the early days. Oh, um, and he really wanted George to go and do this horror film, but he just felt he couldn't let this character who was so well loved be in a horror flick. Yeah, which is almost like what happened here. Yeah, didn't want to didn't okay, want to scare the children too much. All right, so there's Lynn Pascal, who's uh, an actress. I believe her name is ah crap I I lost it. <laughs> it's okay. I had all these ta- I had all these saves loaded up, but she's a she's a well known BBC actress. Mm-hmm. So that was the first scene for people. Of, oh, this is fake. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the the whole idea was like you know people are going to tune into this, 
watch it for 10 minutes and be like, look at their TV guides and be like, oh, it's just a drama. Right, right. But, you know, uh, there's actually a, a really brilliant uh, documentary called uh, Be Behind the Curtains Ghost Watch um, that uh, the, it starts off with a little intro that says, like, you know, people won't really believe it until it's on television. Yeah. Which is I'm not so actually, true to the I've never seen it. I really wanted to. And then Tim found me a copy. So I'm downloading that right now. Yep. This was an actual phone number you could call. And uh, there was a pre-recorded message saying, thank you for calling me for Ghostwatch. Uh, thank, this is, a, this, is a, a doc, this is a mockumentary or this is a staged show. Uh, but a lot of people called in. And some of the, they actually were able to record some of their ghost stories. Yep. Unfortunately, now, yes. Well, the idea behind Ghostwatch originally was it was going to be a, uh, uh, like a eight or ten part show. Yeah, it, um, and it was supposed to be like and, a miniseries. Yeah, it was supposed to be a miniseries. And it was the idea behind it was um, they wanted to do a live broadcast in the vein of uh, the, the Quartermass Experiment or Alan Quartermass in the Pit. Um, but they, when they decided it was just you know, it was going to be six pa six part with uh, investigating the North London estate, adding various elements each week. And when the producer decided that he couldn't do an entire miniseries, instead recommended a 90-minute TV special, and, Volk, and Stephen Volk suggested they do the whole thing like episode six, yeah. portraying it as an actual live broadcast. Yeah. And it, uh, it's actually, it's very, uh, I, I got to give props to, you know, Sarah Green, Michael Parkinson, Craig Charles for agreeing to this. Yeah, I know. Because, I mean, uh, it, they, it's, they it's really, really kind played of amazing on there. that even BBC would actually get this shit off the ground, you yeah. know, because they were well, threatening to pull it like at the last minute. But, you yeah, know, they, I, they, I'm, they, I'm happy they agreed to it, but I think more pe more professionals should agree to this kind of stuff because it's like, why not have fun? Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Um, well, yeah, like, what they'll do is they'll set up a national panic and get, you know, ripped, ripped apart <laughs> by the critics. That's why. Well, yeah, exactly. but I mean, look at stuff like, you know, um, uh, Blazing Saddles. He wanted John Wayne to play the part of uh, that Gene Wilder played. How amazing yeah. would that have been? Like, stop worrying about your legacy and just have fun. Yeah, yeah especially when you're old, like, by then, you know? Just... Apparently, Steven Spielberg wanted to have John Wayne play the uh, general in 1941 as well, but he he thought it was a very anti-American movie. <laughs> I mean, he's not totally wrong. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, there are some subtleties. I like the little ghost in the background there. Oh, is there? Well, it's it's he's like it's it's above the uh, the the fireplace. It's like a spooky spooky ghost in a sheet. It's like they're making fun of it. Oh, okay, right on. And there's our first appearance of Sarah Green. Yep. Um, like I said, that she was a uh, very well known television for children in the BBC. Uh, BBC's been one of the, uh, Blue Peter's been one of the most longest running children's shows in the world. Now there's gonna, she's going to tell a story later of, of, of a encounter she had with a ghost. Yeah, that actually happened. Oh, did it? Yeah. Originally, the the, the, script, the script was only going to have uh, Sarah Green in it, but she showed it to her husband, who's Mike Smith, mm -hmm. and he was so enamored he he begged to be on it. So they mm -hmm. rewrote the script to make sure he could be in there. Plus, it adds a little bit more um, emotional tenacity by having a, a husband and wife. For sure. I mean, later on, when all hell breaks loose. 
imagine being the husband and seeing all this and can't do a damn thing. Oh, I know, right? Uh, well, I know that the the original like setup, like you know, a single mom, two daughters. It was based mm -hmm. on the uh, the Enfield Poltergeist event back in the seventies, yeah. um, right. which in itself also not in, only inspired this, but also The Conjuring Two. I haven't mm -hmm. seen it, but apparently that's the case for all you horror fans out there. Um, oh yeah, <clears throat> and yeah, explicitly I'm doing this all all this to hopefully gain more popularity towards it because it's 2020 this should really have like a major cult following not just in britain but pretty much you know all of well, america and a whole bunch of other places well we have this done and, and linked up i'll, I'll go ahead and uh, send it to Stephen bolt see if he's interested in sharing it absolutely because uh yeah, yeah man i mean again i would have loved to have you know some of the original cast members on here um or just anyone really involved, writers, oh, writers yeah. Oh, yeah. whoever. Uh, and, you know, maybe they can point out a sighting of pipes that the we haven't thing is seen. About, yeah, but one thing I'm really amused by all this is that you look at Ghostwatch, and then you look at all those paranormal shows that are out like now, like uh, uh, go, uh, Ghost Adventures and, and, what is it, Ghost Hunters? Yeah. They all use the same setup. Yeah. Well, you got to like imagine was... this was such a cult thing that... You know, there it's going to spawn a lot of copycats because it's so original. Yeah, which is something that Sean was saying he had a problem with. Well, I mean, I don't have so much a problem with ghost hunting uh, uh, genre. I have a problem with the found footage genre that spawned up from like Blair Witch and other things that yeah. you know came off of this. It's just like, ooh, those are not great films <laughs> yeah most of them i'm not a fan of i i mean found footage can work when it's done properly i think like you have to really know what it is and what are some interesting ways you can actually play around with it um yeah. like uh you know uh, and you know things like uh like even cloverfield i actually kind of like cloverfield despite i kept a, a i honestly kept expecting this this uh infrared camera to deal to figure into the story it never really did yeah oh it's still it's like kind of... oh it's yeah. cool but it's like Chekhov's gun you show this and you expect to see something with the ghost now the guy and they say that there may be he may be he may be in the go uh pipes may be in that uh crowd yeah we yeah, just can't like quite tell maybes um although it does have like a really good payoff in like the climax uh yeah. but I, I i also really do love uh the fact that they kept it so real that they even kept the uh, the the timestamp nineteen ninety two October thirty first. Yep. Just to you know really punch up the realism, because uh, that's that really is the real achievement of this this film is the dedication to realism because mm -hmm. they wanted absolute Leslie Manning wanted absolute maximum impact and <laughs> Jesus Christ did she deliver. Um, oh yeah, but I still really wish I could, you know, show this to some more friends of mine because, like I said, I, I uh, uh, showed this to a couple friends of mine for Halloween, and they're like, you know, twenty minutes in, like, where's why? Are, why this isn't scary? Come on, like, let's get to it because it's not a a scare a minute kind of thing, you know. That's the problem with the movie is is that for a lot of people is they want to be scared, they want the jump scares and everything else, and there really isn't one. Now, there is a jump scare coming up here, but it's basically done as a joke. 
Yeah, which is it's. I actually do like the that tongue in cheek moment. Uh, and I prefer I prefer more atmospheric, uh, slow build horror in general. Like that's more yeah. my vibe. So I mean, I'm I'm willing to with if I if something has a strong recommendation, I'm willing to you know tuck in and and enjoy the experience. Totally, because I I prefer slow burn as well because it's just more. It's just something you can really savor because you know jump scares, especially when it's done so cheaply. It's it's like a cheat, you know. It, it's yeah. like someone tickling you to make you laugh. <laughs> yeah, that that's like, one of my. But you're so adorable when you laughed him. One of my <laughs> one of my biggest pet peeves is is auditory jump scares. It's like if you can only yeah. make me scared by like manipulating like the uh, the auditory noise. Like if you can't do it with your visuals, then you're not making a good movie. Boy, yeah. I haven't. I don't think I've actually ever seen a really good jump scare without music or sound like oh man i you know what there's a challenge for any horror filmmakers out there do a jump scare but do it with almost no sound yeah and there there are there are some uh i think there was one in uh insomnia oh man i have to go back and watch that again I've seen it, it's, but it's been like many, many years. I'll have to pop that oh, one in. Here's, here's coming up. We're going to be doing the uh, first viewing of uh, Pipes. Maybe a couple minutes, but we're going to see it. Yeah, yeah. And I also now, really love how thing... they set up the whole thing where they're like, if you see something that we missed, you can call us in and let us know. Mm -hmm. So you can just jump into this kind of narrative because, you know, obviously this phone call one scripted of, and whatnot. Um, one of the things I found fascinating in this movie is they're going to show the sequence that they showed at the beginning where the girls are in bed and there's the cat, yep. the curtain. And then they're going to show it again, but there's something subtly different, which obviously yep. you'll see. But imagine, but this is before the days of TiVo. This is before the days of, you know, just, you know, a lot of people probably didn't tape this. Yeah. I mean, obviously it must've because it you know, ended up being pirated, but you have to literally let the movie take you by the hand and lead you where it wants to go, as yep. opposed to like you know immediately flipping back and going, "Oh, okay, I I, I say that what I see." But the thing is, you literally have to like if you miss something, you miss it, mm -hmm. which is pretty amazing. Yes, it's it's a wonderful little form. It's almost like a trick. It's like an almost like an, a lost art. Yeah, yeah, because uh, you know we live in such a streaming age where we can pause, we can rewind, we can you know zoom in zoom out the things like that no, um this is actually the joke that leslie man this is this jump scare coming up leslie manning said that and Stephen Volk said they wanted to do this just to get out of the way just to say okay here's your jump scare are you happy yeah, yeah. now but you know i you know i do enjoy the little tongue-in-cheek flavor of it you know because they're like ah jump scare halloween ah it's funny yeah. you know and it adds to that, you know, like I said, it, there's a real skepticism to the air for these people, which, you know, yeah. further ingrains the realism when, later when all hell well, breaks it's like loose. Michael Parkinson's almost just like, OK, I can't believe I'm doing this. Who is this woman that is so who's this doctor who's so uh, earnest about what she's seeing? And he refuses to ever believe until obviously later on. But I mean, this is all just played for laughs for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, and then it gets really, really terrifying. <laughs> well, well, I mean, that's the genius of it—the laughs 
totally disarm you for what's coming. Um, yeah, I think it's I just wonder if anyone that's like watching this commentary with Ghostwatch for the first time, it's like, okay, you keep talking about how terrifying this movie is. What, what's going on? There's nothing terrifying you know, well, about this at all. Be, in, in all fairness, for for any listeners who watch these, uh, it, like almost like nine times out of ten, I recommend that you watch the movie first and then come and watch our show. But, oh, yeah. you know, whatever. It's your choice. I mean, I don't care. Just more subtri- subscribers for me. And... <laughs> <laughs> Please subscribe. All of you. Forever. Oh, Tell your friends. Subscribe, Hire a sky- you cowards. Hire a Skywriter. <laughs> Pony Express. Pigeon, uh, homie Pigeons. Whatever. Yep. Just get the word out. Boy, I also really just... This really takes me back to my film school days where... We were shooting in, you know, you know, small cramped apartments, and we had mm. wires and cameras and sound equipment running through, and everyone's going up the stairs and shit's blocking the way. And I, I actually like the that kind that we kind of have that sense of, you know, the the claustrophobia, in terms of working, you know, with a film crew in a small house. Yeah. Oh yes, this is where. They uh, kind of talk about where the 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 strange anomalies that have been going on, and this is uh, where the story. Uh, this is where the name of the ghost pipes comes up. Which can we just say is just like one of the most ingenious bits of writing I think for this, like because mm-hmm. you know because pipes, I'm like oh it's just pipes, but it manifests as its own little spirit. Which I'm like, that's mm-hmm. so brilliant. That's something Spielberg was like, fuck, I wish I wrote that back in the 82. <laughs> you know? Like poltergeist. Yeah, like, I, I honestly feel like, you know, Spielberg. if Spielberg ever did, like, wind up watching this, I feel like he would have been like, fuck, I should have wrote that in my script. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some people complain about these kids acting, and, like, they're they're doing the best they can. They're young, oh, young actors no, and actresses. Are you kidding me? I think they're great. I thought they were fine. Yeah, that's one of the criticisms I read. <laughs> Snobs. <laughs> they just like to pick on children. Yeah. I mean, because to be honest, like the kids, to the kids, like, do I still believe it? Like, yeah. And as a matter of fact, I'm, there's like twenty thousand other people who are like I fucking believed it when <laughs> it was on. <laughs> Because I still, like, you know, every time I watch it, I'm always in that mindset of that night in 1992. Because, you know, I was born in 93, so obviously yeah. a little young for this. But Yeah, I, I um, actually, I never heard, like I said, I would I probably would have watched it because I was already in college by that point. Because I'm old. Yes, you are. Fuck off. <laughs> I also love the fact that the uh, this is called this door is called a glory hole, which has a completely different connotation in the United States. Yeah, it's 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 a thing. There's a picture. Uh, let's see, we got here. He looks like like Cthulhu wearing a dress. <laughs> sorry i'm actually caught in watching the movie now (laughs) right well that's that's one of the things like it's so fascinating to listen to especially when they 
uh, break out some of the stories. Well, the sound design is really good, and you can also I love the fact that they're you know showing the the, the boom mic in the shot. And, mm-hmm. um, you can hear the, the, the everything that it's all shot within camera within the boom mic, so and they mix they deliberately did not remix the sound effects. Yeah, uh, and well, actually, didn't I, I, now I could be wrong. I forget because. Um... Uh, there was one in the uh, the documentary. They mentioned that they actually got the sound designer for Lawrence of Arabia to do the the sound like the creepy sound effects. Wow, I wasn't um, aware of that. I, I mean, yeah. To be fair, though, how much better would the sound have been had they been allowed to do what they wanted to do? Yeah, yeah. Like, because they wanted to have a high frequency pitch to it that would make pets go crazy while people watched it. Oh, see now, like they, I know that they tried and experimented and it just was technically impossible. Yeah. Cause of the way but, the broadcasts are actually done. So they didn't even end up recording it that way, but how brilliant would it have been if that was possible? Okay. Here we oh, go. Man. Here we go, guys. Yeah. First episode, first viewing of pipes. Yeah. You can already so, still but, see him. Well, just barely. And that's the really cool part is that if you re if you actually rewind and go to the beginning of the the movie, he's not and there. You see that? Yeah, he's not. Mm-hmm. It's totally just a manipulation thing. They're manipulating you. That's all editing is. And it's, it's hilarious because you got obviously we as the audience can see it, but Michael Parkinson and the doctor are deliberately ignoring it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's a really clever design. They're like, oh yeah yeah, that's just oh and then wait, suddenly it's gone again. Yep. Hmm. Yep. Very now you curious. see that or not? Exactly. And again, remember, we can't. This is before reality TV, before streaming v- TiVo, whatever. You can't rewind that shit, man. You can't yeah. rewind TV. <laughs> Get back in here. They're showing the. Can you imagine someone trying to go get a soda or something? <laughs> and it comes back and like, what did I miss? I don't know. <laughs> I think there was something. Oh, and then we got the little sports thing going on. Oh, God. The, Prime the... 90s technology there. Right. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> and I love how I'm... they d- deliberately pull uh, the pipes out of the image and have her retrace it, where you're uh-huh. not quite sure. There's just... it's. The, the subtlety is handled so well. Yeah. Which is also a really good tie-in for psychology right there. Yeah, it's a term for that. It's called matrixing. Yeah. You, see, you, you can see human faces and a bunch of stuff. Which is one problem a lot of people have with paranormal investigation is, is that, you know, did something actually appear or is it just a, a subtle look of light and, sa- light and shading? Now... Uh, I'm actually curious because I remember you actually telling me of a little ghost hunting weird story that you encountered, Dan. So Which since one? it's Halloween, it, it was uh, the one with Alice, the theater ghost of Bowling Green. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Um, so years ago, ha- we're talking. Yeah, so- all right. Real quick thing. Um, back in the mid 90s, I was a college student at BJSU and um Buddy of mine called me up in the middle of the night because they had to do uh, sound effects for a, a show called The Death and Life of Sherlock Holmes. So I was like, okay, whatever, I've got else to go. So I stuffed all my stuff in my bag and I booked over on my bike. Got to uh, Eden Marie St. Theater in the middle of the night. 
and we started recording sound effects. And we're using a, we're basically an eight-track, we're using eight-track reel-to-reel tapes because that's the best thing out there. And we played back what we had. We had like a phone call and a gunshot, you know, things like that. And it sounded terrible. I couldn't figure out why. Because we, you know, used brand new virgin tape. We, uh, you know, did all the special effects. But then we started hearing a weird, like, voice underneath. So we, using the mixing board, we mixed out tracks. And one of the tracks, there was a woman's voice very gently saying what sounded like Shakespeare. And it turns out it was uh, uh, Ophelia from uh, Hamlet. And the story is, is that Alice the Theater Ghost had died uh, before she got to perform Ophelia in BGSU yep. back in the 20s. So we freaked out, and I went and played it back again. The voice had disappeared, and all the sounds sounded perfect. <laughs> so it, it freaked us out. That was, yeah, that was really cool. I've actually yeah. subsequently made a little short film about uh, Alice the Theater Ghost. And if you want, I can link that in the description for you guys. I've seen that. It was really yeah. good. Thank you. Um, but yeah, now, and speaking of, you know, weird weird uh paranormal anomalies now we've been going through like uh old stuff go through through the house and whatnot yeah um They're and building up the I'm lore. sorry i'm i'm sorry like it's it, i know you all you british folk are like oh my god you stupid american snobs but <laughs> dude really like do we really have to explain what glory hole means to you <laughs> for us over here like I know it's like kind of casual for you over there, but like <laughs> it's for us Americans, there are, you know, the little 17 year old in us is like, <laughs> if you even know what a 17 year 17 year old, if you know what that is. <laughs> Remember, I didn't have the internet growing up. No wonder up. this see, movie I, traumatized I, children. I just... <laughs> yeah. Remember I, I grew up, I, I grew, grew up without the internet. I had to get my porn. Honestly, I stole it. Ah, <laughs> oh, the good yeah, it was old tough days. Growing up. Yep, it's it's it was tough growing up uh, in the times of dial-up or or pre-dial-up. Oh yeah, I had to I, I had to sneak into newsstands and look 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 as as innocent as possible while I'm like you know grabbing a copy of Jugs. Oh, see see we we, we had a, a two method going. My friend would distract the clerk while while like one of us would distract the clerk, the other one would, would steal the magazine. Oh God, no! I would never share that shit with my my friends. I was too embarrassed. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. I, now I don't give a shit. I'm like, yeah, yeah. You see my hard drive. You know why I, why I enjoy. <laughs> I could yeah. not care less. But back then, I'm like, I gotta hide this. Like, yeah, I'd be underneath my my mattress and hiding it from everybody. Then, of course, I went to summer camp. My mom found it and threw it all out. Right. Well, the thing about Ghost Watch now, you guys, is like I feel like the, everyone listening at home on Halloween is like, man, these fuckers are weird. <laughs> Why is the old man talking about his his porn fetish? I mean, we do decide to do movie commentaries just for shits and giggles. Yeah, well, oh, that's God, very yeah. true. <laughs> I'm yep. so I'm so weird. I'm sorry. I'm, this is the first time to have anyone that's listening. It's the first time I'm using a, a microphone, a specific microphone. I normally have a headset, a microphone. So I keep reaching up to readjust my uh, my microphone headset. It's not there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes me feel weird. Yep. We got another call. Nope. 
here's the uh, a little bit more lore building. Yeah. The story of this. By the way, if anyone gets a chance, another really great BBC production, um, a slow burn film is called the Go- is called Go- uh, Stone Tapes. Okay. Um, it's kind of it was I think it was written by my Nigel Neves, which uh, he also wrote uh, Quarter Mass in the Pit, which inspired all this. It was a well, great, great ghost story. Well, uh, as my hero Captain America says, I'll put it on the list. <laughs> okay. Now, now that, that book is fake, right? The book is fake. The picture that they're showing is inspired by a famous shot from the infield poltergeist of one of the girls supposedly levitating. So if you look oh. at it, she looks like she's flying, just jumping. Oh, well. You know, and you know that's trick photography, fast shutter speed, blah blah blah. Oh yeah, and this is uh, they're showing all the the research they did to a little girl, like putting things in her mouth so the voice couldn't come out, and it's all based on the Enfield Poltergeist. It turns out that most of it could have been faked. Yep. However, watching this for the first time, I got real um, uh, uh, reminders of the original Exorcist. Because, yeah. you know, people like to talk about, you know, oh, like the, the exorcism sequence is terrifying and all. But some of the things okay. that really made people faint were the uh, the medical treatments. Mm. Yeah. Now, this was really I mean, hard for me to understand what they were saying. And basically, I think the, the ghost is doing a nursery rhyme. Yeah. Because so, that nursery rhyme comes back in a big, bad way. Yeah. But it's also a British nursery rhyme, so it's not really known in the United States. Okay. And just when you listen to this, like, just the recording on itself, you're uh-huh. just like, oh, Jesus Christ. What's going on? Yeah, like, because I remember, like, you know, when you're just watching it alone and, and you know, it's totally quiet, no music, mm-hmm. it's like, dear God, the, the, the tension is so intense. And I do love I this think, whole effect yeah, this where they... subtlest, another subtle uh, vision of pipes. Yeah, where they dim the studio. Oh man, those sounds. <laughs> this this is what Halloween movies are for. Apparently, um, this is the voice of Leslie Manning, the, the director, because the oh, voice yes. actor they, the voice actor they got couldn't do exactly what Leslie wanted them to do. Yep. And then look over her shoulder. There's pipes. Yep, very subtle. And I love the people that are like, "Oh my God, we'll look behind you!" And just like you know, because mm-hmm. I believe they got like thirty thousand calls in an hour yeah. from this broadcast. Which God, you can only imagine. And the worst part is, like, only those who they were able to pick up were able to be like, "Oh yeah, this is just not real," and everything. Everyone else just got a busy it, signal, which yeah, added it, to the real. Jammed the uh, the call boards. Yep. Um, and a lot of people forget too, like you know, like when you hear like, "Oh, it's War of the Worlds," but on TV, like, "Oh, so they actually did this all live, right?" No, <laughs> they sh- they shot all of this like you know weeks in advance, um, months in advance. Like, and but the best part is that it was almost exclusively shot on videotape and not film. Yeah, that you know adds that. Uh, well, gr- having grown up in the in the eighties and nineties, I remember all these uh, shows like The Hunt for Jack the Ripper or uh, 
you know, the Manson family 20 years on. And this is right. exactly how it looked. Oh, yeah. Video, videotapes with uh, the, the backgrounds, with the pictures on the walls of like Charlie mm-hmm. Manson and Sharon Tate or, you know, Jack the Ripper lurking in the darkness. Woo-wee. This is exactly how this stuff looked. Yes. And here's the broken, uh, broken pottery, which is like, yes, he, uh, you can tell Michael Parkinson is just like not buying it as a character. He's like, whatever. Yeah, I, man, he <coughs> really knows how to sell this. Um, I heard, I, I remember he in an interview that he actually said it was one of the more interesting roles he's ever taken, despite the fact that it was technically himself. Yeah, because they they all the actors really talked about this whole thing where, oh yeah, the the watch the watches stop whenever shit happens, <laughs> which so cool. Oh look, mm-hmm. there is no spoon. Oh yeah, the bo- bent spoons. <laughs> yeah, apparently, in the infield poltergeist case, one of the girls was uh, fa- was found trying to fake the uh, bent spoons, which is uh, for those that are some follow the paranormal, that was a big deal of Yuri Geller, yeah, uh, a, a so-called psychic who was really huge in the seventies, and Johnny Carson called him the fuck out. And still, I mean, it should have been the end of it. But as we've seen in in politics these days, just because you prove someone an idiot doesn't mean you're going to be stopping them. (laughs) God damn it. Uh, We're not going to mention that name. I refuse. A ban right there. Okay. Anyway. uh, Yeah. But yeah, they always talk, all the actors, including Michael Parkinson, were like, this is a really interesting role because, yeah, we're playing ourselves, but this is all scripted. So we have to get lost in the script and try to figure out what we ourselves would act in a situation like this, but still yeah, stay true to the written word, but yeah. ourselves as well. Yeah. Oh, these cat scratch. The makeup is wonderful. It's very subtle. Yes. Because uh, I remember uh, the makeup artist describing that uh, they needed to do, like, the, they looked at a lot of cat scratches and they realized they all weren't completely straight. You know, yeah. they were very inconsistent and blood tended to bubble in places and uh, mm-hmm. just kind of heal quickly in others. So that inconsistency, oh man, dude, the, the, the makeup was amazing. That makeup is still really amazing because I have a cat and, uh, <laughs> you know, she, uh, you know, I like to pick her up because she's so small and cute and lovable. Uh, but every once in a while, she'll just be like, no, dad, no. No, and you know, I'll, I'll walk away and I'll be like, "Oh, hey, there's a scratch. He got me." So yeah. I've seen Actually, yeah. many of them. Well, in paranormal uh, cases of poltergeists, as they mentioned, um, young women tend to be the most to be the the focus of whatever the poltergeist activity is. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually what happened to my sister. Um, she doesn't mind me telling the story, but I haven't heard this story. Please tell. I was like 10 years old. She's four years older than I am. So she's going okay. through puberty. I'm like eight or nine. And of course, I'm the annoying younger brother. So I'm annoying the snot <laughs> out of her. And she screamed at me to get out of my room. And at that moment, a hairbrush flew off her, her uh, uh, dresser and launched itself at my head. And I ran away screaming. You sure that wasn't her? That was her. That was a poltergeist. Oh, it, oh. And other things that happened went along as well. I mean, we go uh, glasses would move. Um, uh, for the most part, they kept it down um, because my this is the joke in my family. My father was a sensitive. My sister was is a sensitive. I don't see anything. My mom won't put up with that shit. 
I'm not even joking. She literally will not put up with anything in her house. No ghosts, no demons, nothing like that. She's basically, if you want to believe in God or healing spirituals, or she's got this whole ring of power around this house. It's like, you, if you're a ghost, you get out. <laughs> when my sister got on her own, her apartments were always having problems and ghosts and shit. And my mother would walk in going, you get out of here. And they'd leave. They would just flat leave. <laughs> uh, knowing your mom, I, I believe it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so are you just like low-key trying to pitch a ghost show, Dan? What do you mean? Are you Because uh, you seem to have a lot of experience with this. I wouldn't mind doing one. But actually, one of the things I wanted to do, we'll talk about after the show, because uh, I'm coming to visit you in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. And I want you to film me making the bison snakes. Deal. Yeah, we'll stream it on YouTube or something. For sure. But anyway, um, I, I, okay. I just yeah. want to talk about. The, I want to talk about the actress that's doing this doctor. She's yes. very knowledgeable, but at the same time, she's you can tell she's struggling, especially against this guy. Yeah, she's almost like she has to keep convincing herself that all this crazy shit's going on, and because she knows that her her um, evidence is so tenuous. Yeah. And I don't even know who this actor is, but I know he's British, and I love the fact that he's doing an American accent and doing it so terribly. <laughs> I, yeah, it, it, it almost, when I first watched this, I was just like, are, are you trying to channel Jeff Goldblum? Like, that was really the yeah. impression I had. And also the oh background. Oh my god, like, I can say, totally hear it now. And it's also Son hilarious, because you like, obviously, it's, a, it's a, obviously with a set with a stupid, you know, pasted-on picture of New York City behind him. <laughs> It's like, I'm really filming this from another movie. No, you're, it's a freaking, that's <laughs> well, a yeah, good I, picture. You know, I think that that's the, that's kind of the joke that they're like, oh, they look at that. I'm like, wait a minute. They're going to look, people are going to look at their TV guide and be like, oh, it's a dramatization. But, yeah. you know, sadly people when watching TV, especially a well-respected channel like BBC, because uh, I think the joke was like this, what, why did pe- so many people believe this? Uh, this mm-hmm. is on BBC and not Channel 4. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I just got your message. Yeah, it's a, oh, no, you're good. Um, anyway, uh, so... Crap, where, where was I going with this? Everybody, I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. So now they're playing the, the games. Um, yeah, looks like I they're playing Sorry. To have an, I believe we're, we're about to have like another event coming up. Yeah. Oh, this is the story I was talking about earlier, Sarah Green. Is that this actually happened to Sarah Green. Really? Yeah. The little girl's just uh, playing the, is, is apparently playing the game in the background, but she's not quite sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, look busy, young lady. Okay. <laughs> Well, either way, I still love the fact that, you know, despite the fact this was all filmed in advance, you know, with multiple mm-hmm. takes and all that sort of thing, it totally feels like this w- could have been pulled off as a live show. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Um, now, I, now I, to- I do forget. Now, I know the stuff on location was shot, in, you know, months in advance. Mm-hmm. But uh, was, was the studio stuff also shot in advance as well? I believe. Yeah, everything was yeah. shot in advance. Okay. But no, it's always it, it, the way this the slow build works for me is it reminds me of like all those dumb 
you know, broadcasts when I was in the 80s and 90s, like uh, when Geraldo Rivera opened up uh, Al Capone's vault. <laughs> right. I mean, it was a buildup, it was a buildup, it was a buildup, build and then there was no payoff. <laughs> this is very similar because it's like the build up, the build up, the build up. But then suddenly, There's when we like get a there, holy crap, a payoff! Yeah, like a payoff where you're like, Haha, "Good luck sleeping tonight, kids." <laughs> the best thing to come out of that um, that vault reveal was Weird Al's parody of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, oh, speaking of kids, like apparently a lot of kids were totally traumatized by this like uh, oh yeah it, um, like ptsd uh, yeah like legit yeah <laughs> it's I, actually I the it... first television show that legitimately ca- uh, caused ptsd yeah it's in the uh, the british medical journal for having yeah. uh, medical journal for having caused uh, post-traumatic stress disorder in kids specifically yeah, unfortunately, there was one child one per- young man who's very troubled had a history of mental illness and he did kill himself after seeing yeah. this about five days after the fact which was like yeah. so fucked up um, and there's also one guy, one woman who demanded that the uh, who said it was so scary her husband soiled himself and she demanded uh, a brand new pair of pants. Yes, <laughs> yes. He, uh, and even crazier, that guy was in the British Navy too. Oh jeez. Yeah. Um. So. So th- yeah, this movie like w- legit scared like a, a shitload of people. Yeah. But I will say this: I want that will, must have been a really fucking great Halloween, um, especially for kids. Like, can you imagine, like, you know, just going out trick or treating, having a merry old time? You're chomping down on your candy. This comes on. Your parents start watching, and you all fucking freak out and don't sleep for the next week. <laughs> like, what a great Halloween! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> well, I mean, that's I always said Halloween is about five things. Uh, Candy till you puke, dressing up in costumes and trying to upstage one another, uh, gore-tastic, creative uh, Halloween decorations, um, watching scary movies, and of course, scaring the living shit out of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what Halloween's all about. <laughs> oh yeah, and I guess collectively you could say just in you know two words, pure evil. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say that Sarah Green really is the is the hero of all this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's the one on the ground doing all the grunt work. And plus, you got the sound man and the, and the uh, cameraman who really don't do a lot. But she's the one that's interacting with everything. She's the one that's talking to the mom. I mean, Michael oh, Parkinson's back in the studio. He's talking to the doctor, and he's he's had that kind of bored indifference that British broadcasters have. Um, but she's really doing stuff. a lot here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she gives like, a Herculean performance here. Yeah, and, and I mean, I they, they set it up so well, like, you know, um, establishing, you know, her as her with her doing the kid stuff early on and the interaction. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, she just really keeps the, the realism and turns it up. It's great. And also, and what, again, what tiny also fridge. really adds to it, yes. Uh, although it's a normal fridge for, you know, college well kids, this is like actually what's called count this is what's called council housing in, in britain it's basically for low-income yeah. families that uh want a nice place to live and the places are not bad but as you can see it's not nearly what we do in the united states i mean the the washer dryer is in the kitchen um yeah. but i i do but you you know you mentioned that it's, you know sarah green is kind of the uh the hero of the story and whatnot but what I really love is especially the kind, you know, the kind of like giddy excitement and, you know, with like 
half a foot in skepticism. Like you're not. She's yeah. like, yeah, this maybe this will be fun. Like maybe we'll be like, ooh, there's a little you know a little scary thing. How cool is that? Tee hee, let's go home now. Um, yep. You know that'll be it. But oh geez, she just gets like way like as the series progresses. Like you could see her when she was trying to just pour herself a cup of tea, where she's just like. I'm starting to lose it, man. Like this is yeah. good. I'm in over my head here. This is not working out well for us kids. Yep. Also, this was like one of the first, you know, I also really love that they're taking just any instances of to like, you know, actual live television, like, you know, blurring out the, 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 the face like we have here, the pixelation. Cause this was like hmm. a, a fairly new concept by then. Yeah. But uh, they were using these kind of techniques to just really seep it in. And that's what I really lo- that's what found footage really needs to do. Use the format creatively and not just make it, you know, don't make it cheap. Make it creative. My, con- you my know? computer is heating up, so it's getting louder. That's I'm actually noticing fine. it's on the recording. So that's sorry, fine. guys, I, I don't have the greatest uh, recording setup, but eh, it's fine. I mean, it's fine. Technically. The, the, oh. These guys don't have the greatest recording setup either, so we do what we do. Yes. Okay. But, I just—is there something to our British viewers? Is why they really like American football teams or, or or sports teams? I mean, it's rare we see over here we see anyone wearing uh, Arsenal T-shirts and such, but I always see you know British celebrities wearing like Chicago Bulls or NFL. NFL, team. yeah. It's, is that a big thing over there? I don't even know if you guys watch like football and such. I thought they were in like into like you know actual football, soccer. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I guess you know maybe uh, maybe it was a thing like the '90s. Like you know, yeah. y- you ever heard of the Dream Team? Like that was kind of a big that was kind of a big thing. Like okay, for okay, watch very so carefully. Maybe... Oh yeah, well th- it's coming up after this interview with the two ladies. Oh, it comes up. I know up what you're getting. Okay. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Because there's another this is side such a of the horrible story. This cool. is also such a horrible story she's telling. Oh, I know, with the the, the dead dogs and the fetuses it just scattered. Totally everywhere. brings it's like, it, it, it's, it's so skillful how it brings down Craig Charles' excitement. Yes, it's just like yeah, 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 dead fetuses. What? <laughs> yeah, well, that's the that's the genius of it because the pacing of it is like let's let's you know not build it up with suspense, but let's like disarm the audience with some humor with some lighthearted mm-hmm. fun. And then when we pull your ears back, it hurts even more. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, it, it, you know, like I mentioned the exorcist and how, you know, the, the poltergeist event, and how some of the stuff it reminded me of, but uh, William Friedkin kind of does a similar technique where he constantly builds tension in these slow, quiet moments. And then when, you know, it seems to have dissolved and everything appears to be, you know, uh, 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 calm. Then he pulls your ears back. Yeah, like that's that's the genius of the pacing. Um, so and it's done similar here, but they instead of using you know very quiet, tense moments, and then you know kind of get everything kind of quaint, uh, they like using humor, which I think is actually an even an even more uh, effective technique. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I know this is the part where you were like, "Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy!" But yeah, look closely in the crowd. There, there he is in the background. Yep, very simple, very quick shot there. 
Oh, because that's the genius of it. It's you're constantly asking questions. Did I just see what I saw? Mm -hmm. And hell, it's it, and you know, um, we often talk about how like it's really cool, like when they do shit like that and they manipulate you by showing you only in the instance of. Okay, but, I'm really you know, sorry. I yeah. have to pee again. I'll be right back. <laughs> okay, but um, but I did tell uh, tell him like you know. There are moments where I'm like, it's actually cooler now that we can, you know, go back and pause and look for things. Yeah. You know, because, uh, like, it's, <laughs> I guess it becomes like a very, you know, extended Zapruder film kind of thing going. <laughs> I'm sure there's some, there's some hardcore fan out there uh, who watched the original version who has like frame markers and is going through every every little frame trying to find it? There's got to be at least one person. Out oh, there for doing sure. That. Well, I mean, you know that that kind of stuff is kind of fun, and particularly, you know, I enjoy when they do that with films. I mean, I saw Fight Club multiple times in theaters, and we are always trying to like once we realize like oh, like there's these flashes. How many can we catch? Yeah, yeah. Oh shit, what we got inside the house? It's it's a crop it's like a crop circle but with the carpet. I swear to god, I got the got the bladder of a seventy eight year old woman. <laughs> but yeah, we just got in we, we see we're seeing this uh um this wet spot on the carpet. Yeah. Perfect circle, which I'm like, ooh, that's kind of cool. Like, it's like a, it's sort of, it, it reminds me of like the crop circle phenomena. Mm -hmm. I didn't do a lot of research on that, but apparently that is a common thing that happens in some hauntings. Really? It's a manifestation. Uh-huh. So random water manifestations? Yeah. Uh-huh. And I and again the the approach is totally clinical here. That's that's so wonderful. Because uh, can, can you just kind of see uh, the look in behind Sarah Green's eyes where she's like, uh, "This is weird." Yeah. Well, I love the fear building behind her eyes. Like mm -hmm. this this is not right. I'm starting to get a little bit in over my head here. I kind of want a Ghost Watch t-shirt. <laughs> oh my god, how cool would it be to have one of those shirts? I feel Sorry. like it'd be like a, a cool relic to have, like one, like one of the coolest relics like from the late 80s that's kind of niche. Is yeah. I've always wanted to have uh, the Joker goon jacket from Bet 1989 Batman. Oh yeah. Like I would love to have me a jacket like that. And now that, I'm, now that you mention, I'm like, oh my god, how cool would it be to have a fucking official ghost wash t-shirt shit yeah. dude you know what i'm gonna i gotta google see if they're actually available because i'm like <laughs> shit i'm gonna this is almost worth the splurge because <laughs> goddamn okay Wait, I, believe this... it, I think this might be the moment where we see it uh another sighting yep it's pipes, it's sighting pipes. Yep. Oh, quite literally, the pipes are are haunting. 
Yeah. <laughs> I promise it's just pipes. It. Okay, no, it's not. Because this is... It, it, I guess it's a little bit later on. Because there is a moment where she's like picking up drawings that the kids Oh, I'll, we'll point it out, but that legitimately... Yeah. That was actually the first moment in the movie I legitimately jumped. <laughs> oh, cool. By the way, there are Ghost Watch t-shirts. Which oh. now I'm like, fuck, I actually might get one one of these days. Yeah, send me that uh, link. Yeah. You know what? Maybe... Uh, Maybe to the um, uh, the listener out there who can spot all eight supposed spot sightings of uh, pipes in this, uh, if you can point them out, uh, you know, th it, like in the comments. Yeah. And if you point them out correctly, maybe I'll send you guys a, a free T-shirt. Yeah, but the problem is, there's always there all those uh, sightings are already available online. Oh, actually, you know what? Better yet, if you can find all thirteen correctly, <laughs> if, you can, if you can at least find ten, if you can find ten, I will kick in for that shirt. Deal. All right, that's that's the thing. If you if you guys can find at least ten, if you can find all thirteen, then you've officially got it. Um, but if you can find ten sightings of pipes in this movie, just put them in the comments. We'll send you a free T-shirt. Free Ghostwatch t-shirt, too. Look at Michael Parkinson's. He's, like, not buying this shit. <laughs> I know, right? I love the fact that he really doesn't buy it all the way to the very end, almost. Mm-hmm. So, you actually shared with me, uh, but there's actually a, a quote-unquote sequel to this? Yes. It's called 31-10. And it was written by Stephen Volk as a short story, basically talking about the 10th anniversary of, um, of Ghostwatch and all the repercussions and ramifications. That, the uh, in-universe, like, if it yeah. actually was real. Right. It's actually a very terrifying short story. I'm not going to talk about it because it'll, you know, give way too many spoilers. <laughs> we'll talk about that later after the show's over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, you actually sent me a PDF and... Uh, I gave it a quick skim, and it's it's <laughs> Jesus Christ! This is like just some of the few like paragraphs. I'm like, well, that's not scary at all. Okay, we're getting the but last yeah, half hour here. Things are really yeah, starting to heat up. Yep. But again, like the claustrophobia, the sh fact that you know you have to get around shit and up and around, and everything's really claustrophobic, and you've got because you've got all these people in here for the show. Um, it... <laughs> but yeah, this is the point. Yeah. Because I actually really do love this whole lead-in. Now watch that back the, uh... window. But it, well, I also really love the framing where uh -huh. the cat pops in. That yeah. was really good. But then right there. Half a second, blink and you'll miss it, but he was in the reflection. Oh, yeah, that, like I said, that was a legit, first legitimate moment. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> and Sarah's really yeah. starting, is selling this. She's like, okay, there is something going on. I, I'm a little terrified. Mm-hmm. This actually reminds me of when I, uh, I, I actually pulled a Halloween prank on some friends. Because mm -hmm. you mentioned the, uh, the Alice the Theater Ghost, in, which is a local legend of Bowling Green State University, where we both went. Yeah. Um, 
I actually had a couple of friends who were also familiar with the legend, but at the same time, I was working on a, uh, a short film for my college professor uh, beneath the crawl space, and I was making sound effects for the underworld. And so I had a long track of just bass uh, sounds that got louder and louder and louder, but I played them in a hidden spot from my laptop, and I brought them in for a ghost tour, and they were like, what's going on? Like, this is so creepy. And, like, you know, as soon as they found the speaker, I'm like, ah, 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 you should have seen your face. So good. <laughs> this is really interesting. Yeah. That even the, that was one of the cases with the Enfield Poltergeist is that the go kids were caught doing things because I think they were just expected to do it. They were just, right. they were, you know. They want they, they not so much they wanted the attention is that these these adults were putting so much pressure on them to prove the existence of paranormal that the kids were just performing. <laughs> However, the the whole presentation of it all is and you so can see disturbing. Her, you're not sure, and, and the doctor's reaction. Yeah, yeah. And then Michael Parkins like whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Such a professional. Yeah. This looks tired. He just looks very lazy and tired. He's like, oh, whatever. This is this is my this is how I'm spending my Halloween. Oh, Jesus Christ! I hope I I hope I get a nice little bonus for this. At least <laughs> I'm getting having, paid. I'd be home having a cocktail with my wife and maybe having a little conversation with some close friends. But no, I'm here talking to an idiot who thinks that she's a doctor. I'm just still kind of surprised that even now as we're recording this, Michael Parkinson is still going. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Actually, the only one that I think, passed, the only that I think uh, Mike Smith passed away a couple of years ago, though, sadly. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I think he was in his mid-50s by then, which is mm -hmm. kind of sad. Did, he, he was married with to, to Sarah Green for many years, so. Mm-hmm. She's trying so hard to prove it. I know, Michael's, right? Like I said, Michael's just like, whatever. <laughs> and, you know, the, I actually still love that because that, that there are conflicting views and contradicting things, you don't know what to believe. Yeah. And that adds such an extra level of anxiety where you're not sure if these girls are just like acting things out for, you know, for ratings and things like yeah. that, or if it's like actually genuine, um, even within just, you know, j even if you know, it's already fake. Um, but when you still get into that, you can still have that kind of anxiety. Like, yeah. is, is she faking it or is it, you know, is it just actually a thing? I mean, obviously, we kind of know by the end that it's kind of a thing, but yeah, um, you know, even like a casual viewer who hasn't seen this before, and like you know, we explain the background and whatnot, you're like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> like, what Ooh. the hell's going on? I think that's probably one of the best things you can do in any horror movie. Because mm -hmm. I, I know I keep bringing up The Exorcist, but fuck you. The Exorcist is probably the greatest horror movie I've ever seen, bar none. <laughs> um, but it's the fact that, you know, 
movies like this and The Exorcist, one of the great things that keeps it terrifying is that they use logic, science, evidence to try mm-hmm. to disprove it. But when they oh. can't, and all ev- and all the evidence of your eyes and ears point to something supernatural, to something that you can't explain, makes that all the more scary, you know? Sorry, I'm just enjoying Do- Dr. Sylvester because he makes me laugh. <laughs> you mentioned the fact that he's channeling Get Jeff Goldblum, and now I fucking can't unhear it. Yeah, same here now. I'm like, oh, crap. Son of a bitch. <laughs> You must like watch some Goldberg film, Goldblum films. Like oh, this, is, this will be a good accent to do. Actually, actually, you know what? They should have just gotten fucking Jeff Goldblum. I mean, like you know, this is '92, so he was. Ri- this was like him right before he actually got big. Of course, actually, we probably would have been. He was relatively hearing, like, big by that. He was actually relatively big by that point. Yeah, he, he was not even David Cronenberg's The Fly. Yeah, he was big true. in the '80s. That's yeah. very true. It was only in the '90s he almost became so huge he was a meme. <laughs> It still was would have been funny to just see him go. Uh, well, I don't think so because, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, life finds a way. Oh wait, no, that's ninety three. <laughs> Ghosts find uh, a way. oh that poor phone line So you mentioned that you, you know you kind of talked to Stephen Volk a little bit, but yeah, I'm actually curious. Did he like take some of these you know ghost stories that they have there, based off of you know like some folklore around you know British and uh, you know British folklore and you know, you know hold folk, on, I'm not sure I understand what the stories that people are telling here. Yeah, oh, these are actual stories. Oh, are yeah. they? Okay, right on. Yeah, they actually got real people to tell their ghost stories. Right on. It helped to, to lend the authenticity. Yeah, so, That's like, cool. whether or not these are, like, obviously real, but the people who are telling them believe they are, and that, that is important. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and they just interspersed that here to make a little more, uh, what the hell? Oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> God, can you imagine? Back when they still had video cassette tape. Oh, oh I know, right? There was just some... Sa- this doesn't aside. There is something... That- there's a satisfy, satisfying sound when you pop a VHS and tape in and hear it whir up. Ugh, I miss those sounds. You remember, you remember those kids? Good times. Yep. Oh, the poor Zoomers that never even experienced DVDs. Uh, Can you imagine? Well, some people I've talked to like, oh, I don't have Blu-rays or DVDs. And everything's like, I've got everything streaming. I'm like, you don't own physical media? Right. What, yeah, happens, when Net- what happens when Hulu or Netflix loses the... Uh, Loses their licensing. Oh, um, 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 I'm sorry. I've got my, I've got well over probably a thousand hours of, uh, of stuff that I can pop in and watch at any point. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. yeah, dude. 
I want to be buried in a time capsule with a with a working Blu-ray player as when I would die. <laughs> so the fee, I'll mark it and say, "Open this in a thousand years" or something. We'll uh, we'll make sure to you know seal it airtight so you look preserved, and then it'll be like yeah. that moment in Crystal Skull where they open it up and air doesn't agree with them. <laughs> crunch, 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 crunch. <laughs> Oh yeah, this so now we're getting our first hints that this this event might not just be from the house. Um but yeah, I love how like the the entity is spreading through yeah. the television. Like, the idea of a, of a nationwide séance. That's such a cool way to climb for as a climax. But, you know, I really would love to see what uh, the other episodes that Z Stephen Volk wrote for these. I wonder what the others would be. I'm not sure I actually ever got around to writing them, but they have probably had a treatment about it. Well, even then, I would love to see what, what he had in mind. Because, again, yeah. the, the setup, the payoff, and the direction is all masterfully done. Because, mm -hmm. uh, again, the, the, the pipe, just like the sheer naming of pipes is something that... I know Spielberg, you know, would be kicking himself about. It was he's like, a, it's, a, it's a simple word, but it works so beautifully. Yes, and and the but the best part is, is that the the idea genuinely feels like it came from the mind of a child. Yeah, you know, uh, and you know, Spielberg has always been uh, has handled children in his movies uh, very extensively, and you know, very. Uh, very with with great eloquence. He's got to be one of the um, best uh, directors for children. Yes, and also uh, just uh, props to him for never having one whiff of scandal. Oh, I know, right? I mean, all um, these years of using working with kids, and you know, ever, a lot of so many other actors and actresses. There's something, you know, underlying current. I've never heard one bad thing about Spielberg. Yeah, well, that's because Spielberg is just such a genuine human being. Mm -hmm. um, from what I'm told, like he, anyone who meets him, they're always told like. Wow, he was unnaturally nice, <laughs> especially yeah. for someone who works that high up in the business. Mm -hmm. um, well, he's but, my uh, he is my favorite director. I mean, I've never seen a movie, never seen a Spielberg movie. I couldn't find something to appreciate. Yeah, I mean, oh, exactly. not Even, not all of them are gold, but like a bad Spielberg movie is better than so many other movies that it's still a a very good movie. There's always something remarkable, even in his lesser movies. I mean, I, I still love 1941. I think it's his biggest bomb, but I think it's hilarious. <laughs> and he got to do a whole, like a whole big musical sequence. So why wouldn't you like that? Of course, it was him being, you know, like uh, very self-indulgent. But he was kind of allowed to do that because he just got off the hot success of Jaws. Yeah, that was as he, he admits himself, he had a lot of hubris that he worked through. Yep. And thankfully, you know, he bounced right back with, you know, Close Encounters and Rages of the Lost Ark right after that. Oh, yeah. Kitty. Oh, the cat sounds. The cat sounds genuinely terrify me in this. Because, you know, I, 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 I am a cat owner. She's a total sweetheart. But mm -hmm. there are times where I'm, like, looking at her after watching this where I get just a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> well, was this, I once heard someone say that humans are the only animals that kill for pleasure. Oh. I'm like, you don't own a cat, do you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, the scratches. Okay, I think this is a sequence here. 
the problem is just it's such a tight set. It's it's what you think is about to happen because you've seen it before may not actually be happening. Yeah. <coughs> I actually did watch this in my office again the other night just to kind of refresh my memory. Mm-hmm. But uh, tor- when whenever the cat noises came out, because, you know, mine will just be like, you know, sitting in the corner, just kind of relaxing. But anytime those cat noises came out, She's she got around. up like looking around and like, what the hell is going on? Like even the poor cat was getting stressed out. Yeah. Look at that tiny bathroom. I know, right? Sorry, kind of reminds me of like the bathroom in my aunt's in my aunt's house. Oh, see, I missed that. Was there a sighting there? I don't believe so. No. Okay, so they're just like you know, it's just a little bit more. Of a lot a, of, yeah. A lot of misdirection, but in really clever ways. Yeah. Because by now, like the the uh, the suspense is really starting to build. Because we're in the final 22 minutes of this. Oh, yeah. We are coming down to the wire, ladies and gentlemen. I got to get some more comfortable headphones. These ones are, like, really hurting my ears after a while. <laughs> no offense. Maybe I'll have to look around and see if I can find a better better pair. Either that or you just have, like, a really fat head. <laughs> well, it's my glasses more than it. Well, the thing is, I've got all three of us have glasses, but mine are, like, digging behind my ears. <laughs> This is one reason I didn't want to do the podcast with you, Tim. Is like uh, I, I don't I get a headache by the end of all this. Oh, dude, those scratches! Now you know Michael's trying to figure out what's going on. Yep. Parkinson's and, like, you, hmm. know, you know, for any of those critics who thought the kid was doing like a bad job, uh, I'm sorry, but this scene completely uh immersed me because oh when she's when she gets touches and she has a full body jerk that's hard to do right that the twitches are really hard to do but jesus christ are those scary because you Mm -hmm. know anytime they they get like of a real close-up of those i'm just like at the edge of my seat literally at the edge of my seat oh oh yes i love the look on mike's face he's like this is getting serious I, i worry about my wife I think that's another thing that I really love about this movie. Along, sorry, with, like, yeah, go uh, ahead. The, no, the movie Poltergeist. Like, yes. one of the best things I loved about that original film is the fact that a lot of it's in whispers. It's not yeah. a lot of screams. It's very quiet and very, very down low sort of thing and until you get to the end of it it goes batshit insane exactly which um but i love the fact that you know along because it has the tone of you know telling a scary story to a child before they go to bed you know just like a like you would you know you're tucking your kid into bed it's halloween night and like you want to hear a scary story you know like and that and any of those some of those phone calls and some of the background um, or the ghost stories that they kind of pepper throughout this, mm-hmm. it feels like those, you know? Yeah. It feels like a little 
like these little vignettes of bedtime stories. Hey, look, look, the background. I guess it's got a seal of approval. It what? <laughs> a seal of approval. The picture of the seal. I was making a bad uh, pun. Oh, get you're fired. <laughs> get off my show. You want to talk about the seal, <laughs> but you don't want to talk about crisscross. Crisscross will make you Sorry. jump, jump. <laughs> Please don't demonetize this. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! Did you see that? There it is. Yeah, he was he, like as they pan around and then they whip back. That is just I don't know how they did that really because they, they, that they must have dropped him like a freaking rock. Honestly, what I guess is it's actually two shots. They just oh, edit, they just, edited they the stitched whip it together. Panning. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because you can you can hide you can, you can hide a lot of editing in, in a pan shot. Yes, yes, that's that would be my guess, but. You know, again, like you said, they could have just had him stand there and then just drop like a rock. Um, but either way, it's it's so scary. Yeah. Okay, yeah, now this is the moment where I was explicitly reminded of uh, War of the Worlds. It's around the halfway point, mm-hmm. um, right after they announce Martians are taking over, like the, the attacks the, the attacks are coming in. Um, but there's a moment where it's like bulletins too numerous to read are piling up in the studio here. Yeah, I mean, Mike uh, is getting overwhelmed this, in this sequence. This is yeah, this was the uh, the moment where I'm like, oh my god, they're going full war of the worlds with this. And, <laughs> and look at it. Michael Parkinson; he's still not buying any of this shit. Well, I, I I think that actually totally works because you have to keep the skepticism going right till the very end, you know. Because if you don't have those uh, opposing logics, it does you lose the realism. If you get totally caught up in the madness, then it's not scary, you know. Yeah. Like it, it becomes uh, it, the it, it becomes uh, you know hyper realism, and that hyper realism takes away from an actual more grounded kind of sense. Um, and if none of them believe it, well, then you know they'll just be like, oh, this is some bullshit. Change the channel, and you lose all your viewers, and yeah. the illusion is broken. Now, I just want to point out that uh, in Paranormal Investigations, uh, uh, electric magnet, uh, electromagnetic uh, interference. interference is a very, supposedly a common thing. Yeah. Is that sound? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Forget about that. Oh, the sounds. Picture's gone. Something just walked in the background. Did you? I didn't see it. No. Um, I, I can't pick oh, it out. This. Oh. Oh, the apathy, the blank look on her face. No, when I, the, right before that, I saw a, a white shape in the background move across. It was probably with the other little girl, but it was just like, I never noticed that before. We always talk, you know, here on ComTrack, we always talk about, like, you know, a great thing about uh, movies is there, or something that is a mark of a really great movie is its rewatchability. Yeah. This is definitely a really good case. Oh, yeah, you got to watch this thing three or four times to get everything, and still you're missing yep. stuff. Exactly. Even when you're looking like anxiously around corners, like you know, a scared yeah. kid looking for looking at the, the the crazy shadows in in the bedroom at night, 
there's even when you're that intensely looking, you still miss stuff, which is so great. Yeah. Now I'm not, I just actually want to stop the video, go back and watch and see that figure <laughs> I saw in the background. I'm wondering if that's one of the ghosts. If that was a little girl, or that was actually uh, one of the sightings of pi pipes. Oh shit! Not Mister oh, Bun Bun. The fridge is open. <laughs> oh god what were those the, the no his eyes oh the eyes of the bunny okay yeah oh the sounds You know, it's, it's at this point where I like even the word glory hole doesn't even bug me anymore because I'm just like so. Sean, you look okay. Are you over okay over there? Oh, I'm good. <laughs> I'm just sorry. I'm watching the video of you and you look really like really I, intense. I'm just I'm trying to watch for for pipes for catches. Yeah. Oh, the sounds See, of those cats. Man. I mean, they start. So... Yeah, they start doing the strobe and the audio and i'm just like trying to like keep fixed on the oh, video this. to see like where i can catch right here is this the shot of uh okay look yep, that's so, him for a second yeah like, i know yeah i know like there are some op more obvious sightings of pipes and whatnot but that one is the one that scares me the most <laughs> because it's so fast you know yeah and the fact that it stops literally just for half a second and you only see half his face. Oh, Jesus. Shit. <laughs> and again, they did, I love how they use this guy for humor. You yeah. know, to completely disarm you. You're like... Oh, yeah, you know, it's all fine in there. It sounds really quaint. The thing is, he has no idea what's going on. Exactly. And I also love the fact that all, virtually... And apparently this all guy, the crew... this character, the uh, the guy with the beard, yeah. in the original treatment was a much more much more prominent character. Mm. But they just couldn't figure out the, how to use him. Huh. I also love how there's kids with their Halloween costumes out. Mm -hmm. Good shit. But uh, yeah, apparently the the technicians, like the sound guys and all these people, like mm -hmm. they're actual technicians. Like that's oh, their yeah. actual job. And they were like, "All right, who are some crew members who would actually like to act <laughs> in this thing? Uh, just kind of as themselves, operating the things as they would a normal show." Ooh, ooh, pick me, pick me. Yeah. Oh, dude, I would jump on that shit if it were me. Okay, here we go. Like I'm not Back much of an actor, but man, this would be fun. But yeah, I, I love it that. Everything this is a, this is a great now. fake out. Great fake out. I Everything. know, right? It's like everything's okay. Don't worry. And you know, even Michael Parkinson's like, "Oh yeah, see, they're, they're just they're fine. They've resumed their game. Ha ha." I'm sorry. The, the, the last time I checked, the the sound man had a chunk of glass in his head. Yeah, I know, right? 
But again, it's it just goes into that whole thing where you know it's like it's not really real until it's on television. Like people, yeah, people really don't question things because you know th- again, this is BBC. This is a res- the res- the most respectable network in the country. Yeah. So if this was on like Channel Four, like they said, they, you know, they'd okay. probably be like, oh, whatever. This is the last but, piece. This is the last uh, piece of the puzzle. Yes, and I still remember how fucking terrifying it was to hear this this story mm-hmm. <laughs> although you know i wonder the fact that you know our our ghost pipes is supposed to be you know like the ghost of a a, a very disturbed child molester i wonder if they picked up on that from watching nightmare on elm street well one of the things that they talked about is uh, one of the theories i've heard about this entire ghost watch is that there was the 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 baby collector and then there was the uh the disturbed young man and these stories Mm -hmm. have run back over the centuries with this one spot and it's like something has been building something evil has been building here for so long all it needed is that one last piece of this electrical seance to essentially spread itself through the uh the, the itself completely through britain which is a, kind of what happened with the with the the, the following panic mm-hmm because like the real infectious thing wasn't necessarily the ghost it was just the fear of the ghosts oh yeah the panic panic's the probably one of the most infectious diseases uh humans have encountered Oh yeah, and this movie allowed that that uh, virus to become airborne. Well, there's also another TV show that I uh, called Behind Number Nine mm-hmm. that did an homage to this to Ghost Watch, where they were going to do a live show, um, and they kept having problems with the sound of the sound and such. And they're like, "Okay, fine, we're going to go back and show another episode because we can't get these technical difficulties to work out." And then they basically just pranked the audience. They did not announce it at all. Unlike Ghostwatch, where it's like, oh, this is all fake. No, number nine never did. And oh, so shit. you're, and then, but then of course, the way it was set up was, was it was kind of silly, but it was still the way it was shut, it was set up and how it was done. And Twitter was going nuts because they're like, oh my God, it's all fake. Oh my God, what are they doing? Because it's one of those situations where you can't replicate it. You, I mean, you could be told right. how it was, but you can never replicate going back. Yep. <laughs> He's still not having it. <laughs> this is so good. But that levels of evil and levels of power, that's actually, I think, was inspired by the stone tapes, which we can discuss later on. Yeah. Even she's just like, I don't know if this is all real or not. I don't know. Oh, she knows something's real, but she doesn't understand how to fix it or what, what how to explain it. Yep. Although apparently there were people uh, working at the BBC. The authenticity was so grand and so well done that even they were fooled. Hmm. I can't wait to watch this documentary because I had not seen it before. Oh, I was cool. trying to track that down for years and you find it like, oh, there, there, there. Fucker. It's really good. Fucker. <laughs> But yeah, the yeah. Fa- Tim, the, Tim the is the master out. of finding stuff. I'm a niffler. <laughs> you are. You're a video niffler. 
nope. Oh, fuck that. That transition is amazing. Oh, the sound effects. Ooh, I've never actually heard this in my in my headphones before. This is legitimately terrifying. Right? The fact that she just finally figured it out when it's too late. Yep. Uh. There's the uh, sound effects guy. Yep, yep. Craig Charles is losing mm -hmm. it. With more cops coming in. That's well, kind of interesting. They're on the left-hand side. and they're, they're normally, I never noticed that before. The, other, the surviving mother and daughter are fleeing into the dark. Uh-huh. Oh, man, they really sell the look of terror. We're also missing Sarah Green. Mm-hmm. And Suzanne, the other, the other young child. Oh, the dude, the devastation. So good, right? Show it just enough and then cut it off to this. <laughs> I love how now it, we're now at the point where everyone is unsure of where, where this has gone completely over everyone's heads, yeah. including the, the hosts. We're, over, we're off the rails, ladies and gentlemen. And that's that's when like I know everyone is just like, Jesus Christ! Pack up the kids. We're getting out of the country. <laughs> but yeah, you mentioned this is like the only other time where they bring in the infrared camera. Yeah. Kind of wish that they did kind of uh, use this a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, but. But then again, like we said before, there's not there are no useless jump scares in this, and that really would have I might have come off as a useless jump scare to so oh look at pipes. Ooh, he's he's spooky. Yeah. But this creates almost an alien atmosphere with a lot of a lot of claustrophobia. Well, I'm also thinking of Predator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little, little bit. This is the point where they're going down the hall. Towards the door. There we go. <laughs> Boy, I can only imagine what it must have been like to watch in this this opening night. Oh yeah. <laughs> and now it's into the studio and everywhere else. Mm -hmm. It's using the studio as like a lightning rod to spread throughout the entire country. Oh yeah. And then the vo the girl's voice mixing with the cats. Ugh. And then pipes supposed to show up here. I never been able to quite see him. I never did either. Like I only saw darkness. A perfectly it's, black, just yeah. Void. It's, it's it, it, he's hidden in the video artifact. 
Oh, this is this this slam is just so terrifying. God. Wait, was that pipes? In the in the video right back, yeah. Yeah. He's everywhere now. He's still trying to. He's trying to be the 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 the, the pre preeminent newsman. You know, very. Well, he's just looking around like, okay. Is someone be? Am I being punked here? Mike Smith is worried about his wife. Is is scared to death for his wife. Yep. Now we're blacked out, and now pretty much everyone has just fled the the uh, the the studio in absolute terror and fear. This also reminds, again, goes back to Orson Welles and War of the Worlds. One of the most effective moments in the whole broadcast is when they have the live field reporter mm -hmm. doing a commentary, and then the machine rises from the thing, and it cuts off. Yeah. And everyone's in his direction was absolute silence for like ten full seconds, and it was yeah. like the longest ten seconds of the entire thing. Oh yeah. And finally. You have the final shot, of the, the most haunting and terrifying shot. Because, again, he's still trying to maintain his skepticism and his professionalism. Yeah. And the teleprompter seems to be working, and all he can read is the, the creepy nursery rhyme before being possessed. credits jesus that's how you end a fucking horror movie right there yeah that is just oh still i wish i had a chance to see this when it first aired i mean i that would be just such an amazing moment <laughs> that would have been like the most like can you imagine even just like someone having a really boring halloween like oh man i really wish something good would come on and you see this shit, and you're like, I regret everything! <laughs> I have made an error. Uh, okay. Yes. I'm going to step away again, because I got to use the restroom, and I'll be right back. Okay. Uh, but, you yeah, talk um, amongst yourselves. I'll be right back. I'm in, in all retrospect, yeah, this is still like one of the great unsung horror films. Hidden I gem, I think is the term. Yes, hidden gem is definitely the, the term I'd use, because... Uh, again, I really wanted to do something really weird and obscure for Halloween, and uh, and I thought, man, what a great Halloween movie this would be for to for us to just kind of sit down and watch. But uh, yeah, so like I, I know you've got some semi conflicting shots thoughts, Sean, because uh, I know you think that you know it's in terms of what it is and what it. Uh, what it did you know for the time it's great but you know post 1995 you know fuck oh no i mean that. i i, I <laughs> think this is very well done I, I think it's great i just um some of what was spawned by it i feel is so this is great because it was so well thought out and well planned and well executed but then people took the concept and decided not to uh, execute it as well or have it as well thought out. And it's just like, 
yeah, like the reason this works is like there's a payoff. It's like even yes. at the very end, it's yes. like you know the voice change, the the I mean at, at that very last shot, like it's a payoff. Even though it may not be the, the typical payoff you were expecting from a horror film, it very much still pays off. And with all those those pop-ups and flashes. Copycats. Well, yeah. right. No, but I'm saying all the pop-ups and flashes throughout this where it's like, okay, like he is actually, Pipes is actually showing up. Then for it to yes. turn into things where it's like, hey, look, we have an entire movie where we're going to just keep ratcheting up the tension and we'll show you, like, totems and stuff, but you never actually see, like, what we're looking for. And I'm just like, how is this a thing? Who decided this mm-hmm. was okay? And, and that's mm-hmm. just it. It's like somebody had this great concept and executed it so well, which we just watched, and then people yes. are like, hey, I can do that concept, but they can't, and we end up with really bad movies. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I because you're totally right. Because I feel like you know, it's it's a instance of people taking the wrong lessons from it. Like uh, one of my you know great textbook example is uh, uh, the Born Supremacy or the Born Ultimatum. Great spy movies, but ev- now every fucking movie has to have extreme shaky cam oh, action yeah. sequences. I know, and it's I mean, like, thankfully, you, we're, like, I I think we're finally coming out of that. Like, I think we're moving yes. away from that period again, which is good. And, yes. you know, I mean, to that point, yeah, I absolutely loathe it. And, I mean, I was even kind of offended when I've seen Spielberg do that because it's like, you used to be the master of action. Why are you doing the shaky yeah, cam silliness? This is not necessary. Look, it, it it worked really well for Private Ryan, but just don't don't do it for this other shit. Well, yeah, you know? of <laughs> course. I mean, you needed something like that for Private Ryan because, like, how else are you going to actually ratchet up the horror of war? Well, yeah, and, uh, well, even when he does it, things like that, they he knows how to, you know, keep things clear yeah. by, you know, doing these very long takes where it eases, where, you, you know, you don't lose any of the intensity or any of the immediacy, but it eases the pressure on your brain right. by not overcutting and, and or that's just it. back to the point you know one of the reasons this works so well as you said it, that the skepticism continues to almost the very end of the movie um that yes. is necessary now when a lot of other movies i think part of their their the negatives of them is they don't have that balance it's like, oh, here's yes. a found footage thing, and everyone's just terrified from the word go. And I'm like, well, why? Like, there, like there needs to be that that skepticism that, like, this can be explained. Let's reground it. And without doing that, it's just like, well, now we're now we're being silly. It, well, I mean, in all, all honesty, it does, this that kind of uh, philosophy can be uh, applied to even you know regular horror films, not just found oh, footage. Yeah. Because, like, you know, a really great recent example was the film Oculus, where, you know, we actually had scientific measurements of where whether or not this haunted mirror actually, you know, is capable of supernatural entities and whatnot. Like there was, you know, you have one character who believes that wholeheartedly that this thing is supernatural and the other who believes, no, this is a scientific thing that you're just making up. And the fact that that psychological conflict happens between the two characters, it be, it creates a psychological conflict for the viewer because you're not sure who to believe. You yeah. see, so um, when you do that, so you can so horror movies need a lot more of that 
because um, it's much more terrifying, especially in this age of, you know, a new embrace of, like, you know, atheism and things like that. If you can scare atheists into, you know, like, where, where there are actual demons and ghosts <laughs> and uh, goblins and things like that, that's when you know you have it. Because if you can get the skeptics scared, that's when you know you got a really good yeah. horror thing going. Yeah, and that's a great take. Yes. Um, so, yeah, d- horror movies need more scientific credibility in order to pull our ears back further for the scary supernatural do yeah. that horror movies do it you cowards because <laughs> I'm, I'm sick of your your lame-ass jump scares and your boring-ass characters because i argue the characters in this movie are actually really fascinating especially the fact that we know you know britain as a collective kind of knows them already yeah. you know through but, their other but you shows. know even the little things you know play so well like case in point the the one you know reporter outside who they're they kept using for comedic relief and to break the tension but then mm-hmm. when you see him suddenly get that serious and that concerned it's yes. like even though it's like he's he has like any lines there are like th- in the background can barely hear but like you see it in his entire demeanor and like something Absolutely. that little has such an impact and it's just like yeah that that kind of filmmaking is important yes okay so, I, just, I just want to point out a couple things here i'm, I'm on the, i'm on the trivia page for ghost watch yeah and there is some amusing on ones. imdb yeah this is kind of amusing uh the helpline was real and the first thing people were told when they rang up was this is not real all they were allowed to tell their stories yeah. Uh, on the on the night of transmission, actress Gillian Bevan, who played the uh, the doctor Lynn Pasco, uh, returned home from the rap party to find an answering machine message from friend and fellow actress Judy Dench, who jo- jokingly chastised her for inadvertently really spoiling her enjoyment of Ghostwatch, having naturally recognized her and thereby deducing the show was in fact staged, not live. Huh. Uh, that ghost in the sheet painting that's ho- hanging over the studio fireplace is actually a print of an existing piece by Austrian Irish. Artist Gottfried Henlein, which Stephen Folk first saw in an exhibition in Vienna. See, now I got to get me a copy of that. Okay. <laughs> Hang it up every Halloween. But uh, yeah, well, is, are there any other final thoughts? Because honestly, we I think we can all agree that this movie is kind of a a masterclass worth studying. Not again, not just for found footage or mockumentary filmmaking or realism or anything. It's really a masterclass in what you can do psychologically in horror. Um, but other than that, are there any other final thoughts you wanted to add? Not really. I mean, I think we've covered okay. everything. Uh, it's a great yeah. movie. Uh, really, um, I, every time I watch it, I find something new. Like like I said, I, I found that one sequence that looks like someone's in the background. I'm yeah. Have to, I might have to go back and watch it. I, I'm pretty sure it's one of the little girls, but still. It's like, yeah. hmm, what is that? Um, but, uh, yeah, I think the only other thing to say is if you can, like, try to hunt down a copy of, of uh, 3110 by Stephen Volk. It's a wonderful little sequel for Ghost Watch and a lovely thing to watch as a, a supplement to this and especially on a Halloween night like tonight. And also if you um, really like if you like Ghost Watch, go see me and find a copy of Behind the Curtains, which I'm yes. very happy I finally have. Thank you, Tim. <laughs> you, You're welcome. You jerk. And of course, <laughs> if any of you can find at least ten sighting confirmed sightings by us um, of pipes. You'll get a free T-shirt of yeah. Ghost Watch from us, and eight? of course, yeah. uh, but if you can find all thirteen, then it's completely yours. And when that happens, 
tell the internet tell your friends tell all your horror friends that you found all of pipes yes because that's that's kind of a big thing even what 30 years later now yeah uh, almost 30 years actually let me ask you a question what's up do, do you think that this could have worked in the united states today today no 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 just because of social media okay only because you'd really have to have like a powerful set of individuals with so like you can film it you know live and you or you like... can film it uh, film it in advance present it as live and get like a social media thing going similar to what they had with the telephone thing but if you don't have like a really good team behind you you're screwed yeah i mean like, you imagine like stone phillips doing this as the presenter and you know yeah. um uh cat denning being the uh, girl in the, in the house and yeah because um, it's it's way too hard to keep up with the internet like yeah. you can keep up with television back then but yeah the internet is far too vast and far too fast and far too numerous to to maintain that kind of a hoax even for just like a sh relatively short amount of time like 90 minutes. yeah I, I, again yeah. that's one of the things that would work so well here is you know because you have all these established people that because most people are watching TV and are familiar with them that ratchets up the impact because they have exactly. these pre-existing, you know, relationships and expectations from uh, the people in it. How are you going to do that now when there's, there's no, the, the universal zeitgeist has changed so dramatically because of the internet and everyone getting in their own little circles. Mm -hmm. But otherwise I think, uh, but yeah, It'd be a fun little thing, but it would be very obvious that it would be fake. Yeah. Um, which, in and, in and of itself, I don't think would be that bad anyway, because, you know, the last thing we need is another fucking scare in this country. Oh, yeah. I think I think there's enough of that. Yeah. But, um, but either way, this is still a really good way to, to, to get into the Halloween mood. And like I said, ch check out the sequel or the documentary if you can, because they're both really great. Um, and of course, like I said, you find all 13 sightings of pipes, we'll send you a free t-shirt. No questions asked of Ghostwatch. So, uh, that said, I hope you guys had a really good Halloween because this has been a really great night for me. Oh yeah. 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 Um, okay. so, uh, it, yeah, unfortunately it was... still practice that social distancing, uh, <laughs> try to be spooky yeah. with your, with your very small circle of friends, uh, yes. make some popcorn, go choose one of your favorite scary flicks. Um, this, you know, one. this one this one this is why we're here this is why we're literally here dan well i mean other times obviously like, of course, you know, or of course. just find some stuff you haven't ever seen before so go back watch some of the original uh universal monster movies and see find, probably yourself in the mindset of watching those for the first time I mean, sure those are fun sure absolutely all right, guys. Um, and of course, and of course, if you want, you can also check out some of my previous episodes from Halloween. I did Young Frankenstein. I did Nightmare Before Christmas. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Days. I'm sorry. Frankenstein. Get it right. <laughs> Good man, sir. Good man. But yeah, man, this has been an episode of Comtrack where we'll never have to watch a movie alone again. Uh, I've been Tim. I've been Sean. I've been running to the bathroom every five minutes. <laughs> you, you old lady. Yep. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks a lot for listening. Happy Halloween. And we'll uh, we'll see you next time. Uh, we've got uh, uh, a very special episode. We're actually going to be coming in uh, at you tomorrow, not 
uh, next Friday, but next Thursday for a very special November the 5th. But I'll cap it off there. So have a good night. Peace. Peace.